This podcast contains material that is intended for mature audiences and may not be suitable for all listeners. Enjoy. I don't want to get on the bandwagon. I'll burn that wagon down and join the band. Traveling troubadours terrorizing street corners just to try to get some supper in our hands. Now I waited all my life to get this off my chest screen, buddy murder until someone understands that it ain't about the money, the drugs, or the women. I make this noise just because I can. And we'll all join in to that original sin. So let's get rowdy and reckless. Let's get rowdy and reckless. Let's get rowdy and reckless. Just for that. Good evening, and welcome to another edition of Old Man Strength, a podcast of the Tailgate Society and brought to you by Deadeye Barbecue Sauce, the best damn barbecue sauce in the known universe. Find them on the web at deadeyebbq.com, and you can find us on the web at thetailgatesociety.com, where you can find all sorts of sports, pop culture, whatever-related content, including this podcast and many others like it. So please go ahead Download, like, rate, and subscribe. I am Tim Johnson, joined as always by Chris Shipley. Chris, how is your evening going? Oh, it's going wonderful. Just wonderful. <laughs> Can you hear uh, the sarcasm in my voice? <laughs> it has been, uh, I think, first of all, probably for all of uh, the country, if not the rest of the world, uh, an interesting past couple of weeks. I think there's a lot of, of just general tension in the air, but I also think, uh, I know for me personally, uh, there have been a few things that have caused me maybe a little bit of anxiety, a little bit of, of stress, a little bit of anger. So, yeah, I don't think that uh, any any sarcasm in your voice is unwarranted. Uh, but, uh, I, I don't know anything, uh, maybe we need to talk about tonight, Chris. Yeah, I think, uh, I think tonight's going to be a good therapy session for me. That's how, <laughs> that's, that's for sure. Uh, I think, uh, I, I don't know, felt frazzled this last week. It seems like things are running super slow. I can't, this is going to be the longest six more days until this election. <laughs> it's exhausting, and I and I'm sure everybody's exhausted on both sides. They have to. the amount of energy and 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 just vitreness is going crazy. And I and I unfortunately fall victim to it and feed into it. There's probably I don't know five or six times this last week where I've thought I just need to log out of social media and just take a take a break. Yeah, no, I, I think I think maybe that's probably a good theme for us to to rant on this week is just managing with all of the chaos and amplified garbage that is going on. You know, Chris, you have had some other type of things to just deal with as well. Your computer has decided to just go on strike and, and take a dump and not work on you. Not once, but twice, right? Twice in a week. Twice <laughs> in a week. I 
was sitting here at work and uh, it, I was updating a website. I do a lot of website work and uh, some HTML coding, things like that. And I was just updating a, a, a back end of a web page. And I got this crazy multicolored flashing on my screen. My entire system locked up. I got that nice blue screen of death that comes up and it locked up. And, and I, I mean, you're stuck at that point, right? So it turned it off, turned it back on, tried every recovery option in the book. Couldn't get it to come back up. Uh, so I called my IT department. You know, I used to work in IT there at this company. So um, I'm, I'm pretty proficient in, in, in taking care of a few things. And, and I ran downtown, got a re-image drive. Reimaged it, um, started to set everything back up, and uh, I got <laughs> tried to get my monitors. Well, I connected my docking station, and it crashed again. So I reimaged it one more time. I probably worked till I don't know seven o'clock that night, getting it back up and running, pieced together, and I was like, "This is not. I, I don't know how long this is going to last. Like, it's it's something's wrong." And I and I told my boss and I and I told the IT person that was working with me. I was like, I, I got everything back up and running. I did install some crazy driver for my docking station so that my monitors would work. But I'm I'm not exactly confident that it's going to work very long. Well, it made it a week. Yesterday at five o'clock, updating another page on the website, system crashed again. So this time I was like, I'm not I'm, I'm not going to waste my time rebuilding this fucking thing. <laughs> So I need a loaner. So they gave me a loaner. And now, and now I, you know, that's what, this is what's crazy. Uh, our company pays for um, Dell to, you know, to, to come to the place and, and, and fix it and whatever else. But because the error message that it got doesn't jive with the symptoms that they had. I mean, I've got a video on my phone of it. I mean, it was clanking so loud. I thought the thing was going to take off. <laughs> Clearly that's a hard drive. But somehow the error message said it was a network card. And I'm like, no. So now I have to ship this freaking thing back in. I'm, they're sending me a box. I got to ship it back in there. I rebuilt all my software again today. I, I swear my boss probably thinks I'm 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 crazy. Uh, you know, the poor lady just took me on like a month ago and I've had nothing but problems. <laughs> but so yeah, so that's been added stress of you know, you, you fall behind at work and you, you just, you just, it's just been, I don't know. Computers are a pain in the ass, but you can't live without them. And I, and there for a while, I thought I lost my bookmarks and somehow I resurrected those. That was my biggest deal. I have probably a hundred pages saved on my bookmarks of, you know, sites with codes and things, cause I don't write anything down. I just bookmark sites. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, no, I, that alone would be enough to send me over the edge. Well, and then uh, today I, I didn't have this loaner yet. And I told my boss, I was like, I'll, I'll, I'll use my tablet, my personal tablet and, you know, I'll at least work email or whatever else. Well, uh, this tablet I have is, is an Amazon fire tablet. It's not exactly super great, but yeah, turns out none of my none of my work emails or whatever will come up with the dual authentication. I can't install any of that on there, so I couldn't get my email on there. Yeah. So, uh, and then I remembered I had an old laptop. 
uh, sitting down here that I hadn't powered up for a long time. So I turned it on. That had Windows 7. I immediately shut that back down. It was like, this is a waste of time. <laughs> uh, by that time, I, uh, one of the IT guys had called me and said he'd meet me halfway with another laptop. So I was at least able to get that. But yeah, I was like, man, I can't. It was almost like uh, I, I was back at the store when I worked with my dad. And there'd be days that it didn't matter what I touched. Something didn't work. I one day messed up probably, I don't know, we were building PCs. We were building computers. And uh, I was the, I was putting computers together. And I put this first motherboard together with a, with a processor and memory and so on. And I, always, I would always just boot it up to make sure it would boot first before I assembled everything. And something didn't, and it wouldn't boot up. And I was like, oh, fuck. You know, what is it? So swapped the memory out. That wasn't it. Swap the processor out. That wasn't it. So I was like, well, fuck. It's got to be the motherboard. It must be a dead motherboard. So I pulled a brand new motherboard out, put that same processor and memory in there, powered it up, didn't fire up. I did it three times before I realized that the processor was fucked up and it was blowing every one of those motherboards that I would. And I was like, fuck, I just wasted. Like it was, I told I told my dad, I see, he's like, how come you're not working on that shit? I was like, I, I'm like the exact opposite of the Midas touch. Everything I turn turns to shit right now. And I can't, I just need like a mental break of an hour. I can't, I need to reset. Cause if I break one more thing or so, one more thing doesn't work. You know, I didn't have the heart to tell him that that was 300 bucks that we had to throw in the trash. So, so uh, yeah. So that was going to be my question is, uh, what was Melvin's reaction at the time? And if if Melvin were around to deal with or to see you deal with the mess that you've dealt with over the last week, what would he say to you? Would he give you any well, words of advice, or what would he say? No, there, there <laughs> no, there'd be no words of advice because he didn't know what the hell he was doing on those things either. So uh, he, uh, well, a, I wouldn't tell him those things because it was better to just left leave the bear unpoked. um as far as now uh he'd been like well how come you can't figure it out why why don't you figure it out i you know we that's like the the time we uh this girl at work told me that she got summoned for jury duty and i was like i remember the time i got summoned for jury duty and i was working at the store with my dad and my dad was like well just tell him you can't fucking do it (laughs) oh yeah okay because that'll get me right out of it, Dad. Gone. I don't know how to run any of this stuff. You can't. You you just need to fucking tell him. And he would like text me during the while I was there. Are you out of there yet? No, I'm not out of there. What do you want me to do? Call in a bomb threat? I can't fucking get out of it. Yeah. Don't let me know when they let me know. You've served jury duty before. Yeah. You know, and that old saying, the people that are too stupid to get off jury duty are not the ones you want deciding your fate, anyways. That's yeah. He used to say, yeah, no, I, I heard that a lot. I, cause I, you know, I've, I have been summoned for jury duty, I think three times. Um, and I served twice and a, a guy, uh, that I worked with one time was like, well, you know, uh, the only people who serve jury duty are the people dumb enough to get out of jury duty. I'm like, have you ever been called? He said, well, no. And I'm like, well, then maybe dial it back with your, your judgment right. about my ability to get out of this. Uh, but yeah, no, there's probably a certain amount, you know, I, I can say from the two times that I, that I did serve on a jury and, and one time I was the jury foreman. Um, 
this is a conversation for another day, but uh, <laughs> trial by jury is great in theory, but man, some of the people helping to decide your fate. Ooh, uh, I hope I'm never wrongfully accused of a murder or anything like I, that. I would envision it's probably a modern day community Facebook page. <laughs> <laughs> it, it kind of is. Uh, it's very much like a like a Facebook page or uh, Nextdoor. I don't know if you use Nextdoor at all. Uh, I don't. Oh well, my my joke about next door is that next door is next door for old people because all it is is old people who understand how it works, but they're going to be somehow racist about it anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had yeah, that's funny. I had an issue. To, well, the last few days with community Facebook, well, not necessarily community, but Facebook interactions and whatever else. Yeah. And I was talking to my nephew who listens to the pod and he was like what do you think it would be like if melvin had facebook nowadays and i was like oh my god he'd be the modern day karen i swear to god <laughs> he'd be all over those people i said do you think i have a problem letting things go and letting things slide he would be on there all day long uh, it, it no, would be brutal for him i like that idea because because i i like the idea of him uh Probably at the same time being, you know, curmudgeonly, oh, all of that is dumb, but also diving down a rabbit hole of of this person. You know, there's that whole kind of joke of I can't go to bed. Someone's wrong on the Internet. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I, That's I, me, by the way. yeah, no, I, I can I can from what you've you said about Melvin, I could see him probably getting a little more wrapped up. He would be right. And I listen, I. I we talked last time about what are we afraid of uh, that we may end up like our fathers. Yeah, there, exactly. There, there's one of them, right? He, I can't <laughs> seem to let just things go sometimes. Uh, now I will tell you before I met my wife, I never let things go. Sure. Now I just, now she's calmed me down quite a bit, but there are days where I'll be like, Nope, got to say something. But even if it's a passive aggressive, tiny little shot, like right. I just got to get it off my chest. And the next thing you know, you know, you're you're down a rabbit hole and you're gonna argue with somebody and you just like that's when I'm like, I, I need to take a break. I need to take a break. <laughs> Suddenly but, it's, know, it's it's two hours later, and you're like, Well, def depends on like what is means. You can't both is and not right. is and you're like, it's like what the what the hell are we even talking about? But you know, I will tell you, I I think and and I don't know, I, I could be wrong. I don't think I am, but <laughs> I at least think that I'm, I'm fair-minded. Sure. I don't listen. My name is out there, right? Like these people on Twitter that have fake names and then run their mouth. I got zero fucking respect for people like that. At right. least my name's out there, right? Right. I'm not hiding behind something. And, and I do have a tendency to say what I think and back it up. And I don't necessarily think I'm, like name calling to people or whatever else. No. Right. I mean, there are times where I have said, Hey, you're a pussy, but that's only after, you know, they've challenged me or they've come after me personally or whatever else. Yep. And those are the times that I probably need, just need to put the phone down and go, it's, you know, this, it's not worth it, but uh, I would like to think that I'm fair minded and, and, and decent. And I think that's what's lost right now is some people's decency is completely, 
completely out the fucking window. It's gone. Right. And, yeah. And I always want to go, you know, if we were in the parking lot right now, <laughs> would you talk to me that way? Like, no, you wouldn't. And and I always feel like I probably would talk to you the way I'm talking to you because I'm not I'm not getting in your face. I'm not, you know, I'm just telling you my opinion and why I think you're incorrect. Yeah. And and we're having a discussion. But some people aren't like that. Right. And yeah, I mean decent. It's it's um it's the it's the double edged sword about the internet, right? So you and I, as far as, as I can remember, have never hung out. Uh, in person, I, there are a lot of people that I know that I would consider to, to be good friends that I don't really know other than virtually or, or through the Internet. And so you I, I don't want to say that you can't develop really good relationships through people that you might know online through various communities. A lot of ways, kind of the one of the magic components of the internet uh without being too cliche too cliche here is that it has brought people together with you know like-minded interests or even not like-minded interests but just ways to kind of talk but the the other side of that coin is that it also allows a certain amount of anonymity especially like you said when people hide behind a username that means nothing and tells me nothing about that person where they feel more free to just be a dick frankly where yeah. they just want to be antagonistic um you know I, I think we've witnessed this a few times here recently you and i we have a lot of of shared twitter followers or people through tailgate society or whatever where we see people that are hiding behind a username. And it's one thing to feel comfortable to be able to say things because you know you're not vulnerable because I know I'm not going to get punched in the face. But it's a whole other thing to just say things that are just out and out rude and not moving anything forward. Yeah. I, you know, we have... Um... I, I have my my political views are fairly prevalent. I don't I don't hide those. Um, I also don't back down from them mm -hmm. um, because I feel like it's my it's my right to have my feelings and how and, and who I believe in and things like that. Um, just as much as the other side does. Yep. And, you know, uh, I'll give you I'll give you a good example. I, there's a gentleman on Twitter that I met. Uh, well. I didn't meet him at the time, but it was uh, about a year and a half ago. Um, Iowa State was the Iowa State was selling all of their old equipment. Mm -hmm. They had a big equipment sale, and they had made this post, and they were selling helmets and jerseys and whatever else. And uh, I really, I've always wanted an Iowa State helmet for my basement down here, and they were like four hundred bucks, and the jerseys were like a hundred. You know, I I can't. You know, it's hard for me to justify spending that, right? Uh, yeah. So, and I just, I just tweeted out and said, man, I would love to have something like that, but I, you know, you've kind of priced me out of it. And I, I get a random message from some guy that follows me. He was an Iowa state fan, lived in California. He said, Hey, are you going to that sale? And I said, no, I said, I don't think so. And he goes, well, listen, 
I saw your post. He said, I'll Venmo you 200 bucks. You can have a hundred of it. If you'll go stand in line and get me one of those black jerseys for a hundred. And then you can spend the hundred dollars on whatever you'd like. I can't come there. I've always wanted one. Uh, and I was like, okay. And I told my wife, my wife's like, what? Some random person is going to send you $200. You know, she's like that, that. And I was like, listen, he's Venmo and me. So it's not like I'm out anything. Yeah. He's trusting me to give me $200. Um, uh, his name's Justin. Um, so I, uh, sure enough, a couple days beforehand, he messaged me. He's like, Hey, what's your Venmo? Sent me 200 bucks. I bought, I got him, uh, couldn't get him a black one, got him a red Jersey. Um, and he was fine with that. And then my Caitlin and I went up and we stood in line and, uh, I got, and they were selling the older jerseys for like 50. So I got two of those. And next thing you know, they had shoes. Anyways, we cleaned up, right? It was a good, yeah. good deal on a lot of the new equipment. And I ended up meeting Justin and, and giving it to him. He flew into town like a week later because he's got family here or whatever. And he comes back quite a bit. Anyways, nicest guy in the world. Him and I are good friends. That guy is the biggest make America great again person you ever saw. Like the sure. shit that he posts on his on his Facebook page. I like I just want to throw up. But you know what? <laughs> I, he, he's a decent person and I'm a decent person and we have common ground. And we and, and when we when I when we first started interacting on a politics wise, man, it, it got pretty nasty pretty quick. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, hold on for a second. <laughs> I said, you know, you and I have kind of, we've been really cool. And I think you're a nice person. I don't really want to get down this road with you. So can we not, you know, let's just agree to disagree. And every once in a while he'll jot me and I'll jot him. And then the next thing you know, he'll send me a message. He's like, Oh, check out this old vintage, Iowa State basketball uniform I found on eBay or whatever, you know, and then, you know, he's coming into town for the Baylor game. I think we're going to have a drink together. I mean, people can have differences and not see eye to eye on stuff and and still be friends, yeah. right? And still be cordial. I my I have family uh, uh, that are that are diehard Republicans and they have their reasons for why they want to vote for a Republican and so on. That doesn't mean I, I don't love and care about them. I They have their reasons. I totally get it. They can, you know, and 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 I think sometimes if, if we can be a little personal, it's hard sometimes for me to wrap my head around the fact that I have a transgender son who I love dearly, who has a lot of problems. But if certain things weren't enacted by the extreme right, of the, of the Republican Party, he wouldn't have the same rights as you and I. Yeah. So how do I rectify that with the people that I love and care about that want to vote for a fraction of what they stand? I, like I know that my family doesn't support that kind of crazy stuff, right? Yep. Yep. Um, but it, know, it also enables it, right? Right. But, yeah. yeah. But it's because I also know that deep down they care about Tyler and they would do anything in the world for him and they don't want to see him not have rights and whatever else. So I can look past those things. Right. But there's other people that can't. And that's, that's what I don't, I, I, I have a hard time dealing with. And, and, and those are sometimes the rabbit holes I get down are the people that are so hard fast about those types of things. And they, and they, and they claim that's not the case and so on and so on. And I'm like, you can't, you can't be serious right now, right? I, I, like, just I, tell me I want to vote for this side because I, there, you know, 
tax breaks and and fiscal conservatism and 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 those platforms that you believe in or if it's abortion okay it's abortion i that's your view i get it you know i i feel the same way i don't i don't want any unborn child to not live but on the flip side i don't necessarily think we should be killing prisoners either and i think after they're born we should take care of them i mean we yeah. all can have those views right so it's the people that just don't have any compromise and they and they're and they they just i and I, i'm heated because i had a whole issue with somebody and i'm sure we'll get into it after i drink a little bit more vodka <laughs> no uh good i i i i look forward uh to you uh having a little bit more in discussing that but i i i do think kind of what you're getting at is that nuance is dead right so many times we take a lot of uh, of issues, and I don't even want to call it a spectrum because the spectrum still kind of suggests a linear way of looking at something where you're either, you know, there's there's just kind of the dichotomy, that binary, either you're right or you're left, or there's a spectrum of maybe you're somewhere in the middle. And for me, it's not even about that. Because there might be a billion issues out there in the world. And so it doesn't matter if I'm far right on this issue and far left on that issue. What really matters is it's, it's, it's apolar. It's not about finding one of those. But people latch onto those core issues that they believe. And maybe they have five core issues that they feel very seriously about and they're on the same kind of side on those five issues and so now they've boiled every single argument down to it's either this or this you're either with us or you're against us you either believe this and you don't do that and so the the nuance can certainly play into i think some of the challenges that that you might have of of maybe a family member um you know doesn't believe in this issue that's important to you. They don't believe in something contrary to you, but they're also going to vote against that interest because they're more concerned about an interest over here, and that's a challenge, right? I mean, we don't have um, ranked choice voting. We don't have some of these other things that could maybe allow people to have a difference. We don't distill as many things down to referendums or propositions or, or some of the things that we probably could it, it, in our representative democracy we kind of leave things up to representatives to do that which forces kind of a, a polarity and, and a binary to some of these things uh, but the reality is is when I talk to a lot of my friends you know I, I had a disagreement with a friend a couple weeks ago um, and I don't even remember what I said but his response was, it doesn't surprise me you're full of hate. I'm like, whoa, hold on. Let's back this up. What are you talking about? He's like, well, you hate Trump. And I'm like, I have a lot of problems that was going on with Trump. Have you ever – oh, this was when Trump got uh, diagnosed with COVID. Like he had decided that I had jumped down the train of wishing Trump died and all these things. I'm like, find me one tweet where I ever said anything like I hope that guy dies or anything. Uh, but because I had made a comment of, uh, 
you know, this guy has lacked sympathy for so many, it's difficult for me to jump all in on full sympathy. I don't wish him to die. I don't wish ill will, but it's hard for me to just fall over myself feeling bad about it. And he immediately jumped into, I'm full of hate. And like, I had to call him out and say like, hold on, let's, let's back it up. You and I know each other. We hang out all the time. We have all these things in common. Let's talk about all these things we have in common. Why is it immediately have to be this one issue that you jumped into? I'm full of hate and I don't like it. It was a very quick jump to extremes. Yeah, that's because I think that's I think sometimes when you hit a vitriol reaction, that's your first place that your mind goes. Mm -hmm. I for me, I, I think sometimes when you're worked up about something and sometimes you let your mouth run before your brain engages that's it's immediate hate right and i and i've been guilty of it i'll, gi I'll give you a great example i and, and when i say that that people just need to be decent and whatever else you know, i think also there's a big part of that i was always taught to be a man of my word and to be a man of try to try to have a little bit of integrity right yeah i fail probably weekly daily on that sometimes um, because I'm human, but I, I went to fairway the other day and, uh, I was doing some shopping and there was a guy in there that, and I had posted this on my Twitter and there was a guy in there that runs a local business. Well, it's a fairly big size business in Iowa. He's on TV all the time. Um, uh, and he, uh, let's just say that his business is geared towards helping people that have financial difficulties. Okay. Sure. He's walking through the middle of the store without a mask on mm -hmm. in the middle of a pandemic where where thousands of people are without work and having financial difficulties. And instantly my mind goes, well, God damn it. Now, surely that guy's having a his his business isn't suffering because if there's people with a lot of financial difficulties, he's probably killing it right now. He's probably right. you know what I mean? And and you're walking around without a mask on. And read the room. Right. That was my reaction. So I go home and I'm and I'm fuming about it. So sure enough, I posted something on Facebook. No, I'm sorry. I posted on Twitter. I didn't name the person's name. I said basically the exact same thing that I said. Well, I have a couple of followers that live in my town. And instantly um, one of the guys was like, you know, that's not really cool. He's a super nice guy. I, yeah, I do this with him. I know him or whatever else. And that's, you, you know, that's bullshit. You shouldn't say that. And I was like, listen. I'm, what I said isn't untrue, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Like I, I, I think it's a bad look for him. And he's like, well, how do you know he didn't forget it? How do you didn't know this? How do you, you know? And he, and, and the guy came up with a lot of solid reasons and I'm friends with this other guy. Like I, yeah. I've went to tailgates with him and I thought I, I put the phone down and I thought, hey, you know, this, this is probably one of those times where I shouldn't have tweeted out what I tweeted out. Yep. Because He's right. Maybe the guy just walked in to grab three things and hurry up and grab his mask and he had to go and he didn't realize it. I mean, we're eight months in. Do you think you should have a mask in your car all the time? Probably. But listen, I, I, it's a possibility. And now I feel kind of bad that I said something when I, when I knew when I was typing it out, I probably, it probably wasn't a great idea. So in that aspect, I deleted the tweet. I tried to be a man of, of, of my word, right? I messed up. 
I tweeted back out there and said, you know, imagine, you know, imagine that I, I let my mouth, you know, write a check. My ass couldn't cash. That was a Melvin, by the way. <laughs> uh, and, and I apologize. And sometimes I make mistakes. That's what I said. And I thought, you know, that's me owning up and being honest and whatever else. Yep. Well, sure enough, it wasn't <laughs> 10 minutes and some dude goes, you do that an awful lot. You know what? Fuck you, dude. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, I just tried to do the right thing here and apologize for being a jackass. And now you're going to pile on with your fake name and your uh, and your fake profile? Like, I, now I'm blocking you. Click. <laughs> you know, like, and that's what I mean. I made a mistake. I shouldn't have said what I said. I owned up to it. I deleted it, tried to make the best of it. And then there's some jackhole out there that's still got to take a shot. Yeah. I mean, so first of all, Chris, uh, kudos to you. I think there's one thing that I've noticed you and I, (laughs) you and I both do that where we kind of get fired up and we get a little further down the road than we want to. And I think I can think of scenarios on Twitter where maybe you've gone a little bit overboard and I've tried to be a little bit more of a voice of reason or vice versa where I've started to get a little too fired up and you've tried to help me remember what sensibility is like and, and things like that. Uh, so I, you know, I appreciate your candor and your honesty there. Uh, but I think also one of the things is when we do make mistakes, one of the challenges now is not just that things are so extreme this or that people feel absolute about right or wrong without understanding nuance but there's no road to redemption right so if this is really about making people better people what are you doing to help people be better people right if if you've decided that one bad mistake means you can't ever be better it's a it's a challenge because I know there are mistakes that I've made in the past, and I sincerely re- regret them. Uh, and should I just never be allowed to speak my mind on that again, or should I, you know, never be forgiven for that? Should I never be given that leeway? If I'm going to be better, how do I demonstrate that I'm being better? And I'm not saying you know some people that have made egregious mistakes, you know, you know. Bill Cosby doesn't even feel any remorse for what he did. And, and yeah, you know what? That guy, yeah, he, he can be canceled forever. That's fine. Uh, but, like, how do, how do we allow people, uh, you know, if they're going to own up to their mistakes, why would we double down on, on their mistakes as well rather than being, you know, like, good? If my goal is really about being – about making things better rather than winning, then I would happily accept your apology. But it seems like that part of the nuance side is dead too, where, uh, you know, again, I'm very guilty of it, but uh, of, you know, if I want what's right versus I want to have what's right win rather than what I think wins is maybe the best way to phrase that. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's a, that's how I would put it. I think you you have to I think people are so obsessed with with being right that they don't see the goal to get there. Mm. Um 
you have to you have to be honest with yourself and have an honest assessment of of whether or not you're doing what's what's right but also how you're doing it i let let's let's take a complete 180 here real quick and say let i'll i'll, I'll say that when i was married to my first wife um <clears throat> i uh, and when we got divorced, I had every reason to get divorced. Uh, I'll, I'll stand by the fact that I that that was not going to work. She was not good to me, um, and it and it was toxic at the end. Mm -hmm. But after I got divorced, I did a lot of soul searching in what kind of a husband I was, and how did I contribute to that. Right, And if I couldn't fix that or at least acknowledge those things, then the next person who I was going to be with wasn't going to have probably any better of success, right? Yeah, I, yeah for sure. I, I've told my kids before, my, my girl, uh, Tyler and, and Caitlin, I was not a perfect husband. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was I loyal and faithful? Yes, I was all those things, but I also was not very kind sometimes. Mm -hmm. uh, I would treat her or, or or make fun of her in certain ways and belittle her, belittle her. Um, those are not things that you do to to, to your wife that that you care about, and in turn, maybe that made her do and and be the way she was, mm -hmm. but. It certainly wasn't all just her fault. Yeah. Right? Um, so, but the problem is that um, people don't do that. So, mm -hmm. and then you have to work on it. And then you have to recognize that. Not only recognize that, but then turn around and fix it. Yeah. And and now, even now when I'm married to Stacy, there'll be times where we will... I have a conversation or we'll be joking around or whatever. And I'll be like, Oh, I could say this and it'll be really funny. And it'll be at her expense and blah, blah, blah. But I stop and go, uh, but I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. Right. Like, even though she probably would laugh and, and, yeah. and we would, and, and whatever to me now it's, it's a line. I, I have a hard time crossing because I just don't ever want to be that guy again, where I take a shot at my wife's expense. Yep. You know, regardless of, how funny it might be or how funny she might think it is. But at some point I might do it and it might hurt her feelings. And if I hurt her feelings, I would feel, I would feel terrible. So, yeah, yeah, I, I, I absolutely get that. Uh, you know, it's something that you and I have in common. I think going through a divorce makes you examine your behavior in a way that I don't think you would otherwise. It really makes you confront yourself uh, you know, and my my divorce is is fairly fresh, to the point where I even kind of examine it in the the language and the zeitgeist that we're kind of currently living in of of trying to really understand what choices I made that contributed to uh, the the dissolution of the marriage for sure. Um, but you have to allow yourself. And as much as you want to allow yourself, you also have to remember to allow others to kind of have that same uh, 
progression of learning. And it's not just like, a, hey, you're a terrible person because you did said X um, or because you're not here on your journey towards being somewhere else or whatever. I think I think I, I, I keep going back to the word nuance, man. Like we 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 tend to paint things with really broad brushes where so often finer tips are are necessary. Yeah. There's, I I'd like to call it black and white and gray areas, right? I, mm -hmm. I used to be uh, very black and white. You were either this or this, and it was this way or this way. And if it didn't work, cause I, cause I was so OCD about stuff, that no, it has to be this way or it has to be this way. There can't be any in the middle. There just can't be any in the middle with me. And as I've gotten older, man, there's a shit ton of gray there. Like there's a whole section of gray I didn't even know. <laughs> right? Yeah. Some things I'll, I, I can kind of let slide and there's certain things that I can, I can see another side of it and go, yeah, maybe that's correct. I, hell, I was on Twitter today and they were the back and forth about Justin Turner being on the field um, and uh, and after he tested positive, right? That whole deal today that was going on. And I read one tweet and, and this one guy was like, you know, it was a once in a lifetime chance. You know, it would be really hard for you if that was your only chance to ever celebrate with your teammates in the middle of a World Series that just went in a World Series. I can't I can't imagine that you wouldn't be out there. And I'd be like, yeah, you know, probably. Yeah, I probably would. And then yeah. the next guy's like, but he knew he was positive and baseball did this and he shouldn't have been out there and he endangered all those people. And I think to myself, yeah, fucking right. Shouldn't have been out there. <laughs> you know, like I'm, now I'm conflicted. I don't know what the answer is. You know, I don't know what the right answer is, but there's a whole lot of gray there. Like I, for me, I don't think he should have been out there, but I can totally see somebody's point of view of going, man, if that was you and that was your only chance, like, would you say no? Probably not. Yeah. It's, it's, it's tough because as a society, we've really set up things to be black or white, right? You're either Democrat or Republican. And we've marginalized third party or independent or whatever to, you know, it's been relegated to being non-effectual, right? We, we, you and I both in our lifetime can point to uh, on, on both hands, maybe on one hand to senators or representatives who have left the party and, and, served as independents and got reelected as independents. It doesn't happen. They might have they might have left the party while in office, but they had a hard time getting reelected uh without a party affiliation. I you know, but it's not even just about politics. There's just so many issues where it's where people have taken in either this or that. The the analogy that I always use is, you know, because again, I'm I'm also not shy about my opinions on Twitter. Uh, I, I, I know it's going to be a shocker for a couple of you people listening. <laughs> I, I know I come across as pretty neutral. Uh, it, it, you know, what's funny is because I really wasn't uh, a vocal political tw uh, tweeter uh, five, six years ago. I don't identify with any political party and I, I I never have because to me I I'm about 
issues that are most important at a time, right? So yeah. if I think taxes are, are too high at this period of time for this type of thing, then I might vote more conservative over here. But if I feel like we're letting too many social programs uh, lapse, then I might vote more liberal over here. But I don't identify because to me it's about being pragmatic about what's most important at the time. Uh, but in the last four years, I've grown to have contempt for the GOP because I feel like there's been a lot of, of decisions that have been made that have been uh, anti-LGBT, uh, anti-choice, anti-freedom things that a party that I thought was supposed to be about small government uh, getting pretty involved in in – private businesses, a party that I thought that was supposed to be about uh, lower spending, really overshooting on a lot of other things I thought was supposed to be about, you know, lowering how much we subsidize businesses or industries that maybe don't need it now, losing a trade war and having to do all these things. Like, I've, I've just felt betrayed by that party, even though I never identified by that party. And so now that I speak out very vocally about the GOP, then it's immediately, oh, well, you're just a dirty liberal. And I'm like, well, no. The analogy that I come up with is, you know what, man? If I hate the Yankees, that doesn't make me a Red Sox fan. There are all these other teams in Major League Baseball that also hate the Yankees. Uh, I just think the Yankees are evil, and I might be like any fan of all these other teams. Maybe I like the designated hitter. Maybe I don't like the designated hitter. Maybe I like salary caps. Maybe I don't like salary. Like maybe there are all these other things. I can still just hate the Yankees. And, but it, it seems to me that well, you and I have, have, have had, you know, we've gotten involved in, in conversations with people on Twitter where, uh, that's where people quickly jump to is, oh, you hate this. Well, I've already ascribed these attributes to you because if you are against this, that means you're for this, which means you're probably also for this and this and this. And, well, no, you're right. If I'm against this, maybe I'm for that. That doesn't mean it. And it's, you certainly can't ascribe all those other things. But our society has has created all these false dichotomies where there's so much other aspects that people care about uh i've said a few times i probably if you were to revert back where my views are right now i probably would be what you would call a middle of the road republican four years ago mm -hmm. so let's analyze a little bit i just on certain current issues right now you have a a governor that by her ex by her executive order not by an act of a democratic state house her executive order she shut down businesses and shut down businesses over a course of a time that was her choice whether you agree or not do i think it should have been done yes okay but she then reopens she then proceeds to close certain businesses down again, putting small business back back again, but then proceeds to go to rallies and starts handing out hats to a bunch of people that are gathered in these large gatherings 
So what's she going to do when we have another spike and she has to go to those small businesses and tell those small business owners again, sorry, your businesses are in jeopardy again. Yeah. That's now four years ago, Republicans were for free enterprise, small business, but they don't see the hypocrisy of that. That's number one. That's what bothers me. Number one, number two, you have you have uh, it's all along been said that the GOP has always believed in whatever the Constitution does not say is is controlled by the federal government by default falls to the states. Right. And the, the smaller the government, the better off our lives are. Mm-hmm. But it's the GOP that wants to tell us who we can marry, mm-hmm. who we can leave money to in a will. Mm-hmm. Uh, they want to strip all these rights away from from uh, from uh, LGBTQ people. Mm-hmm. They want to tell people who and they and and they want to tell people what they can do with their body. Well, and and uh, so, you know, right now, I think uh, obvious uh, voter disenfranchisement and using using federal laws to strike down states abilities to manage their own uh, elections right what? the whole the, even just the notion that is brought up and has actually been supported by anyone even if they voted against it just the idea that they have floated the idea that the federal government can tell states no you have to count your elections only on November 3rd and at midnight you're done is is just that's it's not just antithetical to what the founders had said. It's antithetical to what the party has said. And so it. it Even I, to the other side, right? Yeah. If, if, if the federal government came, if Barack Obama had came out and said, the states are going to, uh, I know that you're going to stop counting ballots on the 7th of November, but we're going to over, oversee that and we're going to give them till the 12th. They would have a fit because they're they're superseding the state's rights. Mm-hmm. So you're exactly right. That's 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 exactly right. And they they don't they don't care because the 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 Republican Party has moved so far to the right that the moderate GOP that believed in the principles and uh, of what that that party stood for. D- they don't have a party anymore. Well, I well, I would argue that they haven't even moved right. They've moved towards party. It's not over. It's not party over country or party over people. It's party over principle. That they are they're literally making decisions based off of whatever a party leader has said, and they're going to fall lockstep behind it without having. And again, I, there are several Democrats. The, the Democrats' biggest problem is is probably being spineless and directionless, and and looking like a disappointed mom rather than anyone who's actually going to have any type of leadership. Uh, uh, but it's to the point where it's it, it's like we've decided these things. We don't even care if they fall in direct contradiction to what we put in our platform in the two thousand six. Uh, Republican National Convention when we got together 
our 2016 Republican National Convention, these things fall in direct contradiction to it. It's like, if this is what the prevailing wind of our party is, we're going to jump into this for the party. Uh, I commonly hashtag all Republicans are rhinos, and that's not to make fun of Republican ideals. It's to say that the current GOP doesn't embrace any of the values the Republican Party supposedly stood for at one point. Yeah. Well, and, you know, they just, they don't, they don't stand for anything anymore. Yeah. Look, Lindsey Graham's is a perfect example. You, you take, you take what Lindsey Graham said four years ago and where he was afraid of this party was going to go and where he's at now. That's he's. And and there's people on the left that are no different. And and to your point, when you said the Democrats are, are looking like, you know, disappointed moms, you, you look online, some of the best ads and some of the best reasonings to not vote for Donald Trump are put out by that Project Lincoln. Who's yeah. running Project Lincoln? Former Republicans. Because yeah. they don't pull any punches. They're, they're, they're not Democrats. Some of, ads, yeah. some of those ads are hard-hitting and, 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 and really tell you something uh, about where they're at. And, and the Democrats don't have anything like that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's all. <laughs> yeah. I, we could, we could probably uh, go even further on this. Uh, not that we can't or shouldn't get political, but we're also probably at a point where we should uh, take a break Get a word from our sponsor, Dead Eye Barbecue Sauce, the best damn barbecue sauce in the known universe. Um, I do want to pick up uh, after we we come back and talk a little bit more about again this concept of, and maybe I'm going to abandon the word nuance, but just realizing that you know, kind of like what you said, there's gray. And I would even argue that there's not just gray, there's pink, and there's yellow, and there's green, and you have this whole other world of ideas that people need to explore. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll go ahead and take a break. Uh, once again, this is Old Man Strength, a podcast of the Tailgate Society. Please visit us on the web at thetailgatesociety.com. And, of course, visit our sponsor, Dead Eye Barbecue Sauce, who we will have a word from here uh, right now. Back when I started Dead Eye, I knew I wanted to innovate the barbecue game. Since day one, we've offered a premium barbecue product unlike anything else on the market. Great and Irene had something special tucked away on a recipe card in her cupboard. And there was no way we weren't gonna do something about it. So we decided to take it one step further, introducing Deadeye Superfood Barbecue Sauce. We've got five new flavors, graviola, acerola, pink guava, acai, and dragon fruit. They're the first of its kind, and they're packed with flavor. Find it at your local grocer today or at deadeyebbq.com. Welcome back to Old Man Strength, a podcast of the Tailgate Society. Please visit us on the web at thetailgatesociety.com. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, uh, 
Facebook, I think, YouTube, uh, Friendster. Is Friendster still a thing? MySpace? Uh, do we have a TGS Angel Fire page? I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, but we are all over. We do have some great content. We have a lot of great podcasts. Sporks and Corks. Culture Check. Uh, matinee Baseball. We're not that drunk. Drunk dialing bitter units uh the return of stuff and things uh chris what am i missing uh, you're not missing anything i listened to culture check the other day they were talking about music questions and i sent in a question about why nickelback was so hated when they're so popular and it turns yeah. out i was super mad because then they didn't they they said they were all right but then they slandered my second favorite band which was creed <laughs> trust me i heard that too i uh i listened to that podcast on the way down to pick up my daughter from school and they they handled the creed question first and i knew what question you would ask because i saw you ask it on, on on twitter and the whole time they're slandering creed i'm waiting for how they're going to handle your question <laughs> i'm waiting for how they're going to do this because i was like oh there's so much overlap here how are they gonna how are they gonna justify it? But uh no, Arnold yeah. and Emily do a fantastic job. Uh it, I really appreciate the their approach, not to just kind of looking at culture through a black lens, but just the way they kind of uh treat through their own personal experience how they take on music. Um I'm I'm going to go ahead and actually agree with them on Creed. I'm sorry, Chris. Uh, <laughs> hurtful. Yeah. But anyway, uh, large digression. Uh, when we left off and took a break, we were kind of talking about how you and I can look at some issues, how you and I have certainly gone down a road. I can think about some of our mutual Twitter followers that maybe you and I have gotten into some robust conversations with um but how we still want to go ahead and acknowledge that in a world where there is a myriad of opinions this one particular issue should not define us more broadly into larger labels is that uh, a fair way of putting that yeah that's exactly the way i would put it Yep, there's all kinds of broad strokes. And when somebody tries to paint you with one specific one, that's that's just, you just can't do that. You just can't do that. And there's no shortage of that. Yeah, but, you know, I would, I would also, um, I would also admit, you know, and I can think of instances, uh, there was a time here recently where, where someone, called me out and, and you were involved on that on on the way i was acting or the language that i was using or the frame of reference that i was presenting uh where i doubled down in the moment right yeah i, I was still fired up and i doubled down in the moment and even though there was probably still a part of me that realized you know hey tim cool off and address it later um and I did, and I still kind of I owned up to certain things, and I still stood by other things. Because I think there's certainly something to be said for passionately defending what you believe. If you really believe and you have a good, 
reasoned, well thought out argument. Go ahead and passionately defend what you believe. Don't, you know, being open to other ideas or being civil or looking for shades of gray doesn't mean that you can't also, you know, stand up and say these things. Like if, if someone wants to say, for instance, black people are less people than me, I'm not going to spend some time looking for nuance on that. I'm going to passionately say, no, you know what? We have settled that debate. It's done. Right. Let's right. Like there's, there's, there's certainly that. So I don't, want anyone to think that we're arguing for uh, no. giving all crazy batshit ideas equal time or or equal weight or equal credit. I'm certainly someone who has said in the past that I don't think that all ideas, just because all ideas are allowed to be out there, free speech means any crazy idea can be out there, but that doesn't mean that you need to immediately juxtapose them and give them all equal weight. That's correct. Uh, Right, you know, some if, things are batshit crazy because they're batshit crazy. Right, it, right. You, you know, the this this whole uh, there's good people on both sides. That if you're walking through a town with a pitchfork and an, and and a, and a and a, uh, and a torch and you're tiki screaming, torch and you're screaming <laughs> death to Jews, sorry. There's no gray area for me on that. Yeah, exactly. And so I, I think I think it's fine to go ahead and say that. Uh, now, that said, if, say, someone you knew and you loved agreed that's crazy, but I also agree with this minor point that this person says, right? Like, just because someone says, hey, death to Jews – but also we have a regressive tax policy. It doesn't inv- it doesn't invalidate their opinion on the tax policy. And and it's a it's an ad hominem argument to suggest that because you and I think that's maybe one thing that I would say is because we lump people in with these these groups, these like groups and these labels, is that we've created a certain sort of ad hominem argument of well, you agree with that person? I mean, you know. To make a very extreme example, someone could be crazy and still know that two plus two equals four, right? Like, I don't have to deny certain claims, but there are certain claims, uh, you know, uh, if you want to debate whether or not Neil Armstrong really said, uh, you know, one small step for man or one small step for a man, that's one thing. But if your other argument is because the moon is made of cheese, well, I'm going to dismiss the moon is made of cheese out of hand and not even engage that. Uh, But I do think uh, there are times where I personally have mistaken passionately arguing for my side because I've thought it well out or I have dismissed offhand some actually valid uh, opinions, thoughts, approaches, lenses on things uh, that, you know, once cooler heads have prevailed, maybe I have done that. And I've seen, Chris, I've seen you do that exact same as well. Uh, it, you know, because, well, well, frankly, one of the things that I've always appreciated about you, one of the reasons why I think you and I are friends is because we can see that I can look at you uh Boy, this is going to sound terrible. Here's what I'm going to say, though. 
because uh, I know you're not going to be offended by this. Sometimes the things that I worry about myself, I see you exhibit and I feel better. Not because you're not a good person. No, uh, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Right? right? But, yeah. Because I, I can see someone else whom I respect a great deal is also making kind of those same mistakes or challenges or stumbling blocks, right? Right. Yeah. No, I, or, or arguments or, or views or opinions. There's been plenty of times I've, I've thrown something out there and people here's, here's part of the problem is, is I don't, I don't typically block anybody. If you follow me and, and you want to interact with me, I don't have any problem having a conversation with you about the issues or about how I feel or whatever, because I don't feel ashamed of my own opinion. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there are people that I will block that are just absolutely just trolls that just don't want to listen. Right. Oh, for sure. So, but I do seem to think that I get a lot of pushback sometimes from people and then I'll go out and I'll look at other people say almost the same thing and they have no comments. And I think to myself, why are people always coming at me? Yeah. <laughs> and I think, well, maybe that guy's just blocking everybody, but same deal, right? There have been times where I've said something and I've thought, ah, oh, man, this could, I'm uh, not so sure I should say this. And then my timeline will be filled with similar views or the exact same thing that I said. And I'll think to myself, okay, well, at least I know I'm not crazy, right? Like they saw it the exact same way I did, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and and I, I, it's just, it's just a basic nature of, of, being a decent person and, and being able to look at yourself and say, yeah, I messed up or I shouldn't have done that or whatever else. Now give you a great example. I teased this at the, at the beginning of the episode about this issue I had and it fits perfectly into what we're talking about right now. So there's a gentleman here in, in, in my town who a few years ago, um, I, I do a lot of, uh, I do a lot of charity work here in town, whatever. And, uh, I post a lot on the community Facebook page and he had reached out to me and had asked me if there was any way he could contribute or whatever. And I gave him, you know, some indications. And then at that point he sent me a friend request and I accepted it. Hadn't met him. Uh, I knew that he was running for, uh, a county, seat here in around town. He was a Republican. Anyways, very nice guy. But it was clear that he was a major, major Trump supporter. And I didn't I never really talked politics with him. Um, but I always got the feeling at that point he had friended me and he was friending everybody. I think because he wanted to get his name out because sure. he wanted to win this election. Right. Sure. Um, we didn't have anything in common, not a thing. Um, but, and, and at one point he asked me, he knew I had cancer and he had asked me if I wanted to come and talk to a men's group, uh, which I did and talked about my diagnosis and how God helped me and things like that. Anyways. So, um, fast forward, the last four years have just been kind of hard, right? And um, and he's very political and very, and doesn't, and would send me private messages about how, 
you know, things in the county and how he ran things and how he didn't really care. I think he thought I was kind of on his side, right? Sure. Um, so I got more and more indication that he, the guy's kind of just a regular politician, right? Mm -hmm. he, that's what he is. Mm -hmm. And I never unfriended him, um, but I didn't ever interact with him. Well, about three weeks ago, he posts, he started posting endorsements for local races around town. And he wanted to endorse this one candidate. I couldn't even tell you what she was running for. But the, his main reason for not endorsing the other person was because he had a DUI last year, and that was his second offense. And if his judgment of getting a DUI is so suspect, then he shouldn't be trusted with, with being a leader in the community. So my instant reaction was, okay, well, that's weird because a week late, a week before, you just endorsed governor reynolds and she's got three day three duis yeah. yeah so i commented and said uh so i'm assuming that that's across the board then right if somebody has a dui then then they shouldn't be qualified to be holding public office well it's different because this and this and this i said no 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 it's not different your main reason for not voting for this other guy was because his duis put his judgment in suspect that's not the case with Governor Reynolds. And he's like, well, that was 20 years ago. I said, okay, this guy's was a year ago. How do you know he hasn't went to AA and gotten his life together and whatever? You don't know that. Yeah. Right. So at that point, he sent me a private message, told me to stop posting on his page and being so political and so on and so on and so on. And I was like, okay. <laughs> being so political on, on whatever, dude. Political arguments. Like, yeah. I was like, and, and I said, I said, you know, my problem with you is, is that I, I think you're in it for the show. You're in it for the recognition and for the clicks and the likes and, but whatever, you know what, go live in your fancy house that you live at, enjoy your fancy cars and, and have a nice life. Right. So I didn't interact with him. I didn't unfriend him, but I didn't interact with him. Yesterday, I made a post yesterday on my Facebook page because I just had had enough of people kind of what we're talking about now right like i'm just getting a little tired of people not getting along just because they have an opposite view and i posted yesterday and said sorry bringing it up because i don't remember it from from uh from memory believe it or not i'm getting old you know <laughs> uh, I said, come on I said, come people, on old man I know. I said people posting who they are voting for and convincing someone that you should never work and convincing that you convincing them will never work and really doesn't change anyone's mind. I know how I'm voting for and that's okay with me. If your reasons for voting for one person over another is because of your financial bottom line is more important than say decency, equal rights and American democracy, that's on you and and you're welcome to that view. We all at one point have to answer for our actions, decisions and consequences and elections have consequences. Mm -hmm. So you best be prepared, right? Because it was shortly after Comey Bryant had been confirmed and so on and so on. So my nephew, who I love to death and uh, is is a Trump supporter, and him and I go back and forth and we have fun with it. And sure. instantly he will message me and say, Hey, I'm just dicking around with you, you know. Yeah. And I'm like, No, yeah, I can for sure. whatever. So we're kind of going back and forth, right? Five minutes later, he sends me a message and says, any reason why this dude just sent me a friend request? It was that guy. <laughs> yeah. 
that told me not to be political or whatever and sent my nephew a friend request and says to him, hey, I think we should be buddies. Okay, well, you don't even know that guy. He lives in, in Maquoketa, Iowa. Mm -hmm. Why are you sending him a friend request? It, 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 but he, he was doing it because he saw him uh, arguing with you totally out of context of because you know i have friends I, I i do this all the time with my co-hosts on better units we're constantly arguing and making fun of each other and sending you know memes and gifts back and forth where it looks like we hate each other and it's contentious but it's not it's all good natured maybe outside people don't see that but that's what you and your nephew have right so his thought was oh I'm going to friend this guy that I don't even know mm -hmm. and talk shit about Chris. Mm -hmm. And my nephew was, didn't even give him a chance. Yeah. But then I messaged him and I said, I don't know what your game is or what you're doing, but why would you send a, a random friend request to somebody you don't even know that you have zero interactions with and tell them that you want to be pals? I said, do me a favor, just leave my friends alone and don't ever contact them again. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, you know, instead of just going, you know what, that was really dumb. I apologize. Let's move on. Forget it. No, he like doubled down. Yep. And that's what I'm talking about when I say things like, <laughs> just be a decent person. Yeah. You, you don't have the same views as me. That's okay. That doesn't mean you have to go out of your way to, 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 to do rude things or whatever. I don't get that. I don't have that kind of energy, right? If I don't, if I don't like you or whatever, then I'm, I'm, I'm certainly not going to sit here all day and troll you. I got better things to do. And those are the people that I don't get. I don't understand that kind of stuff. And there's a good example of, you want to talk about old man strength that it probably <laughs> if we weren't behind keyboards, he'd have got his ass kicked. So, so um, yeah, I mean, that's, that is all. Uh, and I thought we'd have similar views. That's what he told me. He said, I only friended him because I thought maybe we had similar views and we'd get along. Well, no, but the only thing. You... My nephew's not a douchebag. Yeah. So the only reason you're, you're uh, engaging him in the first place is because he was uh, ribbing me. You had an ally. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, so. Okay, so I'm I'm going to to uh, ask you this now because this is something I've been trying to learn how to to challenge myself. So, uh, not that I'm asking you to accept or redeem this guy. What does redemption for that guy look right? So, how could that guy in your mind, because he, I know you and I know that you're not above forgiving and forgetting and moving on. Um, but forgetting and forgiving and moving on is not the same thing as just sweeping under the rug, right? Uh, you certainly need to be accountable for your past behavior, but that doesn't mean that you need to be weighed down by your past behavior, right? So right. Uh, the way my ex-wife and I interacted should inform but not affect my future relationships, right? So it, it doesn't mean that uh, 
that I couldn't move forward and uh, without fixing my relationship with my ex-wife, but it means that like it informs that I'm going to make better decisions going forward. Um, so this, so this guy was an absolute tool. He was not decent to you. Uh, he was not decent to your nephew. Your nephew sounds awesome. Uh, even no, though don't, don't say, don't say my nephew is awesome. That'll wait, wait, no. he, wait, did you say he listens to this? Yes. Oh shit. Oh shit. He's a terrible person. Right. Uh, yeah, I've I've already determined, uh, bluntly uh, tonight, Chris, that you and I, as two grumpy old white men, uh, who spent a good portion of the night railing on the GOP and Trump, we've probably alienated like at oh, least twenty percent of our listening audience. Andy's a Hawkeye <laughs> fan. Andy's a Steelers fan. He's got all kinds of problems. Oh my <laughs> goodness! I, hey, don't even get me started on the fact that the Proud Boys and the Hawkeyes. Uh, wear black and gold. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, uh, but no. So my question is, um, is there something that this guy who was a, a total tool to you and engaged uh, your family needlessly and frankly maliciously, what would the road to redemption, what, what would, what could he do to demonstrate to you uh, try to, well, not trite. Um, just he he yeah, realized what he did was, you know, he he's sincere about. Uh, man, I I really messed up. What would that look like? I I think that if he would have probably even even if it was a day or two later, because sometimes you know what it, it, I think sometimes you you're so stuck in I'm gonna do this and blah blah blah, and sometimes you need some time to think and go, God, that was really dumb. You know, that was really dumb. I mean, I, I, I do that with my kids all the time. I, you know, I come back sometimes and go, yeah, you know what? I probably was a little too hard on you, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I do that. I, I apologize way more to, to my daughter than I ever wish yeah. I would have. Listen, that was Melvin all the time. I mean, my, my dad was kind of a hard ass, but he was fair and he would come back sometimes and go, I, you know what? That was really, I was really out of line there. You know what I mean? But, By the way, side note, there's... There is no guilt like the guilt you feel when you realize you have to apologize to your kid. That's a oh, whole. Oh God, it sucks because like, you know you should be right, and yeah. it, that's that flipping point at some point when you know that they're right and you're wrong, and you're like, <sighs> I can start feeling the the weights of justice start to go out of my uh, off my side sometimes. Oh man, I like I have I have a tweet pinned to my time and it says that. Uh, the biggest lie I ever believed growing up is that someday I would feel like an adult. Um, <laughs> and, and my, you know, my, my dad apologized to me plenty, but there's still a part where I never feel like an adult when I look at my dad. And like, every time I apologize to my kid, I have to remind myself, you know, no, Tim, your dad apologized to you. Like that's part of being an adult is teaching your kid right. humility and, respect and you know all of those things but man nothing makes me feel like a smaller more insignificant or you know more yep. immature person uh so anyway sorry that that was a side note but that was something that but I, I think that that's that that leads into what i think i would expect from him right at some point you would expect to him to look at those actions and come back and go you know listen i it's things are just crazy right now and 
politics tear people up and you're right i shouldn't i shouldn't have reached out to him it was because it doesn't matter what he tells me it's clear there was a reason why he reached out to him and it wasn't because they had similar views you'll never convince me of that so if anything when you continue with that particular lie that just makes me even angrier because now you're just talking now you're just telling me i'm stupid and so you know at least be honest again if you were just honest and go yeah you know what i was pissed and shit's going real. And I thought, what? Well, and I thought, well, I don't know who this guy is, but if he's got the same views as me, maybe he, maybe I can vent to him. If he would have said that to me and said, you know what? Bygones be bygones. I'm going to unfriend you. Good luck. That would have been fine. Mm-hmm. But he didn't do that. And if he did that in the future, I would accept it and move on because that's the kind of person I am. I don't hold grudges. I don't get angry. I mean, I get angry, but I don't keep that stuff. <laughs> It's, yeah. I don't keep that stuff, Tim, because when you don't forgive somebody, you're locking yourself in a prison. Yeah. You're not you're not doing anything to them, right? Mm-hmm. Like tonight I'm talking about it because I'm upset about it and I'm getting it off my chest. But tomorrow I won't give it another thought because when you don't give forgiveness for stuff and let things go, you're just living in your own prison. Why would you want to do that? Yeah. No, and I, I mean, I, I think, I think part of, part of the impetus for you and I to do this podcast in the first place, is not just to give you and I an ability to to experience catharsis, right? I think it's a big thing. Is it's, it's it's a way that kind of the general ethos of this thing is that it's it's two grumpy old men complaining about things and finding a way to find you know a catharsis from it all but i think it also our listeners uh which by the way i do want to go ahead and, and give a shout out to our listeners we've actually got some really positive feedback uh so please keep it coming i'm, I'm really excited about it uh, someone laughed about me making fun of my dad on the internet. So, dear God, Dad, I'm really sorry if you're listening. I know you listened to some early stuff. I think he gave up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, you know, I I I think I think that is kind of a thing of of understanding uh, because I'm I'm not asking anyone to change their views, right? So your point from the very beginning here was just be a decent person. And I think one of the struggles is if if you and I had a conflict, if the only way you're going to accept my apology is is for me to renounce my former views and only embrace your views, that's not that's not fair. Um, I can, the reality is, is I can realize that I hurt you. I can realize that the, what I said was not well received. I can even say, you know what, what I said was based out of ignorance and I need to revisit the way I'm thinking about these things. I can say what I'm, what I did and said was, was, uh, not thought out. You know, we, we talked earlier, you know, you'd mentioned Lindsey Graham and how he is, completely changed his position and arbitrary. I don't have a problem with so many politicians get labeled as flip floppers. And I don't mind that if you change your mind in the face of new evidence, that's maturity. 
But when you double down and try to pretend like you've always believed that mm. or that you yeah. don't it, you don't own up to, hey, I've changed. Like that's the thing with like Marco Rubio or Lindsey Graham or Ted Cruz or Ben Shapiro, any of these people that were never Trumpers before and are now, you know, worshiping a shrine or, hey, you can't uh, confirm a Supreme Court justice in the in the last right. six months of a presidency or whatever, and now they're doing it, is none of them have ever said, you know what? I believe that at the time I was wrong here. Lindsey Graham kind of half-heartedly tried to do that, but his arguments were invalidated by the timeline that right. wasn't true. Like, like you could go back and look at the timeline and realize that he was just lying about the timeline. Um, but it's one thing if you can, again, I'm not asking anyone to abandon their views. I'm asking them to, reconsider and find a more uh, just appropriate way to address them. And I, again, I am the first person to be guilty of this. I have been called out uh, right, wrong, and different by tone policing, and I know that I am guilty of this. Um, hi, Aaron. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but, but, uh, Aaron and I had a whole argument the other day about, uh, candy bars. So, oh, well, good. Uh, well, so, you know, that is different because I will say that, uh, in any argument, Aaron is probably wrong. Uh, I need to introduce you to his brother who will help support my argument that Aaron is always wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I think to your point, uh, decency, boy, if, if, if this were Sesame Street, which I'll oh shoot my daughter, he's even watch Sesame Street, but like words of the day, I think that the words of the day, the key words, uh, of this podcast are kind of decency and nuance, right? Like yeah. don't put things into black and white. Don't put them into, don't lump, uh, one ideal into a box of a whole group of ideals. And uh, I, again, it's okay to get wrapped up in things, man. Yeah. Again, you and I have both, I can think about some arguments where we've had where either you have, or I have kind of tried to play the voice of reason. I think generally you and I have both probably agreed with each other, but one person has kind of tried to step in to be the voice of reason uh, with people that I think, we respect and like who are probably only three feet away from us on the political spectrum. Right. But right now want to play it like it's a, a 20 foot difference. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, th I think that's kind of the big things that, that I'm getting at. Um, but man, I, I also want to make sure that I'm doing a good job towards giving other people, uh, a chance to approach that. I don't know. Any advice for people that are kind of feeling maybe guilty that they've gone too far? Um, what would kind of be your... And I'm springing this on you, so uh, I'm going to hold you to a very specific note, but what would be kind of like your, your five-step plan towards uh, addressing going overboard? Oh. For me... Uh, I need to learn 
that just because we're on a social media platform doesn't mean that that person knows who I am deep inside. Oh, that's a good one. I'm going so to, so yeah. I need to realize that just because they might come at me, I don't need to get so worked up because you don't really know me. Yeah. You just see a persona out there, right? That right. I choose to pro project. Yeah. Right. I might drop the F bomb a couple times and call you know, the president a, a whiny ass snowflake. Because, <laughs> I think he is. because he is. Yeah. Right. But and somebody might read that and go, well, you, you're in jackass. You have no respect for this. Or you have no respect for that or whatever else. But and, and that will engage me. Mm -hmm. But they also don't realize that I, I go to church every Sunday and pray for forgiveness for sometimes being like that. Mm -hmm. that I realize every day that I'm, I sin and I, and I, and I could do better mm -hmm. that um, if somebody was broke down in a car outside my house, I would go out there and help them. I wouldn't ask them what party affiliation they are first. Right. I don't do that. And some of my best friends are Republicans. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Again, a party that you have identified with for a good portion of your life. So it's not like. Right. Yeah. So and, and I'll, you know, I don't know about a five step, but my cousin sent me this yesterday. Uh, he said he said, I hope everyone just needs to remember that none of these politicians will pick up the phone when you call. But I will. No politician is going to have your back when times are tough. But I will. No politician is going to wrap their arms around you and hug you when you need it the most, but I will. No politician is going to give you a ride or loan you their car, but I will. Think about that before you allow politics to divide you. I know most of you would do the same for me. And I was like, man, I totally needed to hear that, right? Totally yeah. needed to hear that. And, 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 and I'll give you a good example. I talked about Justin earlier in the podcast who I met and he sent me this Venmo money or whatever else. Yep. Him and I don't see eye to eye on any political spectrum whatsoever. Not a not a thing. You know, I posted, I don't know, six months ago or whatever, or something. Well, I was we were raising money for the boys to go on their trip. The boys have Williams syndrome and we were gonna take them to this trip for this conference to help them to help us as parents help them transition into into you know facilities or whatever that would help them become adults with their disability. And all we were doing, were, we were asking people to give us, this was right around the Super Bowl, we were asking people to give us pop cans. We were going to collect pop cans. And Justin sent me like $50. He's like, hey, this is for your boys. Like, bottom line, at the, at the base level, he was a decent friend, yeah. right? He didn't have to do that. Yeah. He could have said, oh, fuck that liberal. You know, let him, <laughs> yep. you know, let him call Bernie Sanders and ask for the money, you know. But on a general level, that he was he he did that for my boys. So when I go back and forth with him, and there's times where I'm like, I, I can't take your bullshit. I then go back and remember the nice guy that he is, mm -hmm. you know, uh, and and that we don't necessarily have to talk politics. And yeah. and I would hope that somebody would remember that about me. That's the bottom line. This this whole social media persona bullshit. Half the people that I argue with, I probably would enjoy having a beer with. Sure. 
That's the problem with this yeah. whole deal, right? That's the problem with this whole deal. Yeah, I mean, I I think that is that is a uh, that is a, a a huge challenge is understanding. Uh, social media is a slice of my life. It isn't my life, right? So if I use Twitter to get fired up about politics, it doesn't mean that all I do is spend all day thinking about politics. Right. It's that, hey, here's a slice that I think other people need to see that I think is important. But it's not all of me. Because first of all, I give my name, I give my locate, like my Twitter username is Tim Johnson MN. It's literally my name in my state. Like, like you know where I'm at. I, I'm not trying to be anonymous, but at the same time, there's a, a very large gap between anonymity and being completely open. I used to have this conversation um, with with my ex-wife. I always felt like she, she told everybody everything. And I'm like, well, you don't need to, like be an open book about everything. It doesn't make you a liar if you hold some things close to the vest, right? Like, like being honest and having integrity doesn't mean that you're in a poker game. It's only like, well, I'm holding two queens, guys. I don't know about you. Like, you don't have to to share all those things, but it means that you don't cheat and, and you act with integrity and you don't deceive you just find a balance between what I share and what I don't. And sometimes what I share on social media is a slice of who I am, but it's not who all I am. And I have to remember that about other people, right? So some right. people I might struggle with. Them. It, it makes it easy when it's a friend of mine. Again, that friend that said that he wasn't surprised that I was filled with hate. You know why that, that hurt me so much? Uh wasn't because he was a conservative calling me a not and again I would still call myself a conservative I'm just an anti-Trump anti-GOP conservative um, it was because I'm like you know who I am am I a hateful person you know I'm not a hateful person right you you just think all liberals are filled with hate you branded me a liberal and so now that's what you're doing like let's get back to those things and know that yeah i don't blame you for hating the person i am on social media but you know who i am as a person and right. maybe let's 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 just remember that before we dive too far down everything else and it's a good reminder to me that someone that i might consider a major foil uh on twitter who is really passionate about certain issues or whatever maybe I would love hanging out with them on a backpacking trip or a backyard bonfire, any of those things. When, when you know how many times in my life I hang out with someone and abortion never comes up. Right. Like right. 99% of my life abortion never comes up as it, as an issue. So why would I, consider myself a sworn enemy who has a different opinion on abortion than me. But that's kind of the way social media does that. It takes a, a sliver of life and magnifies it to be the majority. Well, I, I know I have speak uh, on what you had said. I have worked tirelessly to when I do send something out or react to something that I, I try to ensure that my wording is not 
lumping every single GOP conservative into one broad stroke. Sure. You know, uh, for I've seen certain people that have tweeted out and said, uh, well, you know, all you liberals that support Biden, uh, blah, 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 blah. OK, well, now, you know me. Right. Just like you said, you know me. Does that sound yeah. like me? Well, no. OK, well, then you might want to change that wording. Right. So for me, when I when I bring something out, I tend to word it in a way of this particular issue right now that I'm speaking about is bullshit. Right. Yeah. And, and, and that's, it's just your tone and things like that, that you just try, try to work on. I, 95% of the time when I post something political, it's probably because I'm, I'm emotional about it and it's affecting me in a, on a personal level. Right. I find it in a personal level. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if, if, or I try to get laugh, right. You know, when Trump's oh, yeah. talking about windmills causing cancer and I'll be like, what the fuck's that guy talking about? Like today, you and I, I was like, yeah. I don't know what the hell he's talking about. What is yeah, he talking right? about? Yeah. Do a math. What, 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 what the hell is he talking what, about? What is, yeah. yeah. You know, uh, that's for laughs. I would do the same thing if Biden said something stupid. I would make a joke about it because you, you have to. Yeah. You have to you have to be able to laugh at some of that stuff too. If you don't, you you'll go crazy. Yeah, you know. I mean, I, I've made fun of Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer so many times on social media, but that never gets brought up because I'm more vocal on the other things. Right. And and what you say kind of you know makes me feel a little convicted because I had said earlier in the podcast that I say all Republicans are rhinos, and I realize that that's misconstrued. My intent in that message is to say, you, if you really believe in Republican values, you can't identify with this party because this party is gone. And, yeah. and, and that, my intention there is to say, quit choosing party over principle. You can have Republican principles, or at least the principles that the, the Republican Party previously identified with. You can still consider yourself a conservative. I don't hate conservatives. Again, I in a lot of ways identify as a conservative. But if you're going to to align yourself with the GOP, you know, you're not aligned with the principles that you say that you espouse. But I but I realize the language I use when I say that, even though it's intentionally hyperbolic and it's intentionally over the top and intentionally like you said it's making a joke. It 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 you know, I feel kind of convicted to realize that I, I I could clarify that language and maybe I could still make the joke, but I can clarify that a lot more. That's that's fantastic. Yep. Absolutely. Just be nice. Just be nice. We'll Boy, see what happens in a week. This will come out after the election, so it'll be interesting to see what the reaction are. I've thought to myself what my reaction is going to be if my candidate doesn't win, like how I, am I going to handle that? This well, first of all, this might come out after the election, but not after anything is decided. Good point. There's a True. very there's a very good chance that this will still be a very relevant conversation. Uh, right. <laughs> when this comes out, I'm just, I mean, unless Brett Kavanaugh has to say, but um. <laughs> but but uh yeah no i 
the idea of humility and like what you said, like I tend to, to shrug my shoulders at and roll my eyes at the idea of remember we're all still human because there's a, still a part of me that always wants to be. But yeah, we're we're arguing over fundamental rights, right? You know, if you don't think LGBTQ people deserve the same rights, I'm going to have a hard time considering you a moral person. Now, if you identify as a GOP person, but you don't agree with the the you know a, a platform issue like that, that's a whole other conversation. Right. But if you're going to get up on a soapbox and say, "Hey, I don't think gay people should be able to get married," well, now that is no, a thing right. that becomes yeah. a moral issue, and, and we should talk about that. And that's a different thing. And I think one of the yeah. things that I have struggled with in the past, and I admit to, is parsing out the difference between those things. Um, and so Amen. I, I kind of roll my eyes at some, at some of those things, but the reality is, is the idea of, uh, um, when I think about the friends that I could call to come pick me up on a flat tire, I don't, I don't think about what their stance is on voting rights or states' rights or regressive tax rates or, uh, the Holly Smoot terror. Like, I don't. I don't care. That's those aren't the things that matter, right? And I think those are the things. That's not to say that there aren't some some great people who believe awful things, and we need to kind of parse out how that goes. Uh, but I do need to remember that, and I think that was a kind of a, a more poignant piece for me tonight, for sure. Yes, agreed. Totally agree. Awesome. Well, I, I, uh, boy, I think we solved everything tonight, Chris. Uh, as, as, as always, every single night that we do this, I feel like we have solved, like, well, I don't know if we solved everything, but every single night we solve more and more. Well, and... I, will, I will tell you that leading up to this, we were discussing on what we were going to talk about, and this worked out perfect. But I had told Caitlin that I thought, Maybe we should do a, an episode sometime of uh, uh, major plot holes in movies and what pisses me oh, off about them. Yes. And number one being uh, Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> not a toy, but somehow still freezes every time Andy comes in a room. Right. And she got all pissed off because she thought I was going to slander Toy Story. <laughs> so. <laughs> It is a huge major plot hole. You're not wrong. You can, it, but no, that's that's also a great analogy because you can love a movie and still find a fault with it. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, that's what man. happens. Watch a movie over and over again. You're like, hold on, wait a minute. <laughs> Something's not right. Right. No, absolutely. There have been a couple of things like. I rewatched Castaway recently and he struggled to, to light a fire. And I'm like, you have a flashlight. There's a parabolic lens in there. There is a light bulb. Both of those things, you can concentrate light to start a fire and all of that, like coconut husk, way faster than struggling with with building your, your spindle fire. Like that, th no kid hasn't burnt ants or leaves right. with, with a magnifying glass. Come on. There's some, you know, 
not not to mention in Castaway, how do you know there wasn't like a satellite phone in the box? But, that pisses me off. That yeah. that whole not knowing what's in that box pisses oh, me off. Right. And him not going back to that house. How oh. are you not going back to that lady's house? Yeah, yeah. It's a terrible ending. It's yeah. terrible. Uh boy, uh man, old man strength gets no, good about movie plot holes. This has to happen. Shit, this is a great idea. Uh Man, there should be like a mystery science three or three thousand type of uh, thing where it's just you and I watching a movie in real time, getting grumpy about what's wrong. With it. That sounds amazing. Oh, that's awesome. Well, uh, I'm glad that that uh, Caitlin called you out on that. Uh, thank you, Caitlin, for being a loyal listener and and making sure that that uh, at least three other people listen to your dad and I uh, complain about things. Uh, um, uh, no, I, this has been, uh, fantastic as always, man. Uh, Chris, even if no one were listening and, and, you know, the two remaining listeners that we alienated tonight, uh, man, I, 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 I say you and I just kind of record this forever just to give us a chance to kind of. Uh, talk through things, out. right? Straighten our own lives out. <laughs> yeah, if nothing else. Uh, so I would like to welcome you to uh, the rebranded podcast. You all are therapists for Chris and Tim. <laughs> <laughs> you just sit there and nod or shake your head while Chris and Tim talk through everything else that is wrong. Uh, I appreciate it. Awesome. Uh, well, yeah, again, Chris, final thoughts? Just, uh, just be a decent person. Just try to be nice to each other. Next week, when all shit's breaking loose and all hell's breaking loose, just, I don't know, just do something kind for somebody. Out of the blue. Make you feel better. Paper yeah, I no, I think that that's good. When uh, when I'm standing atop a burning building over the fiery hillscape that is our new future post this election, and I'm shouting "Six Semper Tyrannis" and singing "La Marseille," I'm gonna remember that. <laughs> remember it. Uh, yeah, no, that's fantastic. Well. Uh, we appreciate you guys. If you are still listening to Old Man Strength, a podcast of the Tailgate Society, please visit us on the web at thetailgatesociety.com. Please download, rate, like, subscribe. Uh, Share it with your friends. Yeah, right? Like, send it to your your sister. Tell your mom about it i i don't know just send it all it, to your girlfriends yeah exactly uh but please share this as well as listen to all the other tailgate society podcasts culture check old band strength or, well that's what we are uh uh bitter units uh we're not that drunk drunk dialing stuff and things sports and corks I'm going to just start making up uh, Tailgate Society podcast and see if anyone notices. There you go. 
Uh, um, yeah, and, and check out all the content that we have. Some great writers on our website. Some uh, fantastic things. Anything you want to know about pop culture. If you want to read Alex Goo can break down the latest depressing Cyclone stat for the next football game. If you uh, want to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but anyway, please check us out. We appreciate it, and we will see you next time. Have a good night. On again on the bandwagon. I'll burn that wagon down and join the band. Traveling troubadours, terrorizing street corners, just to try to get some supper in our hands. Now I waited all my life to get this off my chest, green bloody murder until someone understands that it ain't about the money, the drugs, or the women. I make this noise just because I can. And we'll all join in to that original sin.